I love the East, I love the West, the North and South, they're both the best. But I only go there as a guest, cause I love being here with you. I love the sea and I love the shore, I love the rocks and what is more. With you there, they would never be a bore, cause I love being here with you. Singing in the shower, laughing by the hour. Life is such a breezy game. I love all kinds of weather, as long as we're together. I love to hear you say my name. I like good wine and fine cuisine. Candlelight, I really love that scene. Hey, baby, if you know what I mean, I love being here with you. serve on your board of trustees. Welcome to those in our sanctuary and everybody watching us live stream. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. Central Time. You can watch our services anytime on demand at our website or on YouTube. And it's a joy, I hear him back there, 
to welcome back our senior minister, Reverend Pat Williamson. Reverend Pat continues. Reverend Pat continues the hard work of physical therapy after knee surgery, and he is recovering well. Amen to that. Today, also, we welcome back Reverend Phil Smedstead as our guest speaker. And you can also join Reverend Phil for an anger and forgiveness workshop in the Fillmore Room today at noon. And don't forget, it's back to school time. We're again collecting new backpacks and school supplies for families served by PRISM. We are grateful for any financial gifts we also receive. And John Seltham will do the shopping for you. There's still plenty of time to bring backpacks and school supplies um, in to UDD Minneapolis. This Friday evening, August 4th, Put on your dancing shoes and come to Unity for our summer dance in the back parking lot. We'll have live music with Unity's own Hans Gasterland and the Percolators. This is a family-friendly event for all ages. We'll also have kids' activities and Culver's frozen custard sundaes. Don't forget to bring a lawn chair. Then coming in August, this week in fact, um, Karen Ani's Zoom class, How to Pray Without Talking to God, begins on Wednesday morning. On Thursday morning, you can join Reverend Tony in Friendship Hall to talk metaphysics over a cup of coffee or tea. A couple of our Earth Care members, Pat Samples and Linda Levering Snyder, will lead a workshop, You Can Do More to Halt Climate Change Than You Think, on Wednesday evening, August 23rd. You'll find more details on these and other events in your bulletin on the church website, Facebook page, or our weekly e-newsletter. You can also email or call the church office. And then, because we are a welcoming community, just a gentle reminder, if you are able, please move to the center of the pews to make it easier for folks arriving after you to, just, to choose their seat. We thank you for that. And now, please join Reverend Pat for our opening prayer. So I invite you, if you would, to join me in this opening prayer this morning. Let us take a deep breath together. That universal breath of life. And we release and we let go. And we surrender one more time. We surrender to this infinite presence within, known by many names. And we give thanks this morning that we are indeed one with this presence, one with all that is. So we hold each and every person that has requested our prayers today in our hearts. We hold our community in our heart. The state, this world. And regardless of what is happening in our life right now, regardless of what that may be, we see the facts and we look beyond the facts and we know the truth. 
one presence, one power, God. God in each and everything. And for that, we're grateful. So we just surrender this entire service to that whole spirit within, that Holy Spirit. And together, we say, thank you, God. Together, thank you, God. And again, thank you, God. And yet again, thank you, God. Let's applaud this day. You're able to stand for our opening song. Welcome. We're so grateful you're with us, and I'm so grateful to be back this morning as I was getting ready to come here. I did that a little slower than usual, and I was getting ready, and I was thinking, oh my goodness, this feels like I'm dressing to come home. I'm dressing to come home, and that's what it feels like. So I, welcome, I thank you for that nice, warm welcome. Uh, we're just grateful you're with us today. I learned some few things. I'm going to take two minutes of reverence time over here, but I learned a few things about a total knee replacement. You know, we look for the gifts in anything at Unity. We're taught that. 
So regardless of what's going on in our life, I challenge each and every one of you to look for the gifts. And I came up with a few gifts of this total knee replacement. First of all, the gift of technology, the, the gift of knowing the medicine and how to do it. But also I came up with the gift of looking and having more compassion for people that are going through chronic pain and people that are going through surgery. And, and it was so important for me to have that compassion as well. And I also saw in this the gift of slowing down, slowing down when I'm around people especially that are challenged. Because I see that when I want people to slow down around me right now, so I see that. And I also see the gift in the new building that we will have. Because I want to tell you, if you've had a knee replacement, this incline is very steep. Do you know what I'm talking about? So I want to thank you for being here today. Thank you for all of that good stuff. Also, I want to welcome you, not only those in the sanctuary, but I want to welcome you that are live streaming. I streamed for the Sundays that I was gone, and it was a joy to have the streaming. And so if you're streaming with us today, regardless of whether you're on Facebook or regardless of whether you're streaming through our website, we invite you today to open that chat and let us know where you're from. Chat with each other and begin to form a community online. We welcome you today. You know, Unity is that open and welcoming, inclusive community. We teach practical things that help us to live meaningful, healthy, and prosperous lives. And one of our core values here at Unity is that of welcoming, dear friends. So today, if you're a guest with us today, please allow us to honor your presence here today. We're going to do nothing drastic, I promise you. Take your courage in your hand. Raise your hand as I raise my hand. Courage. we got courage already out here. Courage. Keep your hands up, please. Keep your hands up, please, until our ushers get to you. That packet of information you're receiving tells you a lot about Unity uh, Minneapolis. Uh, there's a card in there. If you choose to fill out any part of that card and turn that into our book desk, then we have a special gift for you. The rose is a gift from our congregation so that we can easily recognize you and give you that personal one-on-one -on -one welcome. All of that's important. And yet one of the most important things that's set on this platform each and every Sunday morning is this. And that is, my dear friends, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, wherever that may be, you are welcome here. We welcome you, we bless you, and we behold the living presence of the divine within you. Let's appreciate our guests this morning. And Laurie, we have a special guest this morning. Would oh, you introduce her? Yes. Well, as I understand it, she was here previously as a featured artist with Hiram Titus when he was here, but it's, it's my first time having her here, and I'm so excited, you guys. It's Connie Evenson. Now, just wait a minute. Don't clap yet. Wait, wait. Listen. Oh, she has toured. I've made notes. The U.S. Europe, Japan, Lincoln Center with Michael Feinstein, Witten Marsalis, Prairie Home Companion Shows, Doc Severinsen, McKnight Foundation Grants, and she's been featured in the Smithsonian Jazz Radio Series. Connie Evenson. And more by four. And we have another star in the room today as well. <laughs> Reverend Phil Smedstad. You know, he's been, a, he's been a Unity minister for over 42 years. 
he is a certified Unity Worldwide Ministries transitional ministry specialist. He has served ministries in several states, and he has founded two ministries. Reverend Phil, one of his greatest assets is his wife, Reverend Laura, I can assure you. And together they have worked in ministries. He's the author of Real Wealth and My Next Step Cards. It's a guided study in personal transformation. Ah, Reverend Phil and Reverend Laura, they live in Burnsville, and he's currently the minister of record at Unity of the Valley. Would you give a warm welcome to Reverend Phil, please? Now let's affirm what we're all about, okay? So I invite you, if you would, it's in your order of service. Let us affirm together our vision statement. Together, centered in spirit, we celebrate a world transformed by love, peace, and compassion. And now the reading of our daily word. We now move deeper into spirit with the reading of the daily word. You're invited to mentally add your prayers to our prayer box. After, this, after the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court where you may add your written request. You may also submit an online prayer request via our website. Your prayers are prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days and then they are forwarded to Silent Unity where they are prayed with for an additional 30 days. The word for today is wonder. I view my life through eyes of wonder. I feel inspired watching a young child discovering new things, eyes wide with awe and wonder. Even the smallest experiences feeling the tickle of a butterfly on the skin or blowing the seeds of a dandelion are a marvel and a joy. I think of this when dis disappointing life experiences chip away at my sense of awe and appreciation. Today, I let go of disillusionment and open my heart and my eyes to once again live in wonder. As I view my anew, I renew my belief in the goodness of life and of all people, <clears throat> I open myself to the unexpected treasures happening all around me each day. Wonder is a precious gift, one I use to appreciate the marvels unfolding before me. And as scripture tells us in Acts 3.10, they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And this word for today is wonder.
So I invite you to join me in meditation. May we remember the words, come spirit, come. Come spirit, come. Our spirits long to be made whole. So begin to relax in your chair. Do whatever you need to do to become comfortable. Straighten your back. And see yourself today as that connection between earth and sky. And if you've not done so, I invite you to gently close your eyes, shutting out the outside world. And again, take a deep breath with me, inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the mouth. Now let's do that again, inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the mouth. And now when you are ready, just allow your natural breath to take over again. And now draw an awareness to the center of your chest and imagine a light forming there. See it as any color or colors that you like. And now imagine that this light is infused with a vibration of gratitude. Feel what it feels like when you are thankful. And see that light pulsating, radiating throughout your chest. And now imagine your heart taking on this light and feel that light being pumped throughout your body. Feel that light reaching all the way down into your toes. And now take this moment to appreciate your toes and your feet and all the things that your feet do for you each day in all the places they have taken you. Draw that appreciation up through your legs and your knees, your joints, your hips, your belly, your back, and all of these organs inside that work together without even a conscious thought from you. Now draw that appreciation up through your chest and your shoulders and all the way down through your arms into your hands and into your fingers. And now pause and honor how much your hands do for you each and every day. Now bring that light of gratitude up through your throat and feel gratitude for your voice in that gentle, powerful voice that you cultivate more and more every day. Now honor your senses. 
all the ways that you interact into the world with the sounds, the taste, the touch. May I appreciate your beautiful brain that has helped you survive and thrive through each day of your life. And now recall your ancestors that had to survive before you in order for you to be here now in this body, in this life. Just feel your entire body radiating with light. The light of gratitude and now see that light moving ahead of you, guiding you, and being a path of gratitude for you. See already that each interaction you have today is happening in an energy of this light. See that each person you meet See that each person you meet and feel this light radiating from you and being loving touched by it. Now let us take a deep breath together and exhale through the mouth as we draw gratitude back to our breath and we sit just for a moment in the stillness of this light in the silence. Now let us take another deep breath as we draw movement and awareness back into our body. And we are grateful, grateful for the gift of life, grateful for this body. And we say, thank you. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. What do I gotta do to make you love me? What do I gotta do to make you care? 
What do I do when lightning strikes me? And I wake to find that you're not there. What do I do to make you want me? What do I gotta do to be heard? What do I say when it's all over? And sorry seems to be the hardest word. It's sad, so sad. It's a sad, sad situation. And it's getting more and more absurd. It's sad, so sad. Why can't we talk it over? Always seems to me. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. It's sad, so sad. It's a sad, sad situation. And it's getting more and more absurd. It's sad, so sad. Why can't we talk it over? It always seems to me, it sorry seems to be the hardest word. What do I got to do to make you love me? What do I got to do to be heard? What do I do when lightning strikes me? What do I got to do? What do I got to do? Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Thank you. As someone who's in a long-term marriage, I would encourage us all to have sorry be part of our vocabulary. <laughs> and I apologize, also included in that vocabulary. Well, good morning, all you wonderful people. As Reverend Pat said, 
You know, I had the same thought on coming here this morning. I feel like I'm coming home. And I always love the opportunity to be able to speak to you all and to work with you. Uh, this, I don't know, some of you don't know this. This was my home church way back in 1974. And uh, I, I just always feel at home here. And of course, you know, you're such a wonderful congregation. And of course, that is a reflection of that guy right there. So. <clears throat> <clears throat> the following question was actually given in a on a University of Washington chemistry midterm. Bonus question. Is hell exothermic, which means it gives off heat, or is it endothermic, which means it absorbs heat? Most of the students wrote proofs of their beliefs using Boyle's law, which says, Gas cools off when it expands and heats up when it's compressed, or some variant. One student, however, wrote the following. First, we need to know how the mass of hell is changing in time. So we need to know the rate that souls are moving into hell and the rate they are leaving. <laughs> I think that we can safely assume that once a soul gets to hell, it will not leave. Therefore, no souls are leaving. As for how many souls are entering hell, let's look at the different religions that exist in the world today. <laughs> many of those religions state that if you are not a member of their religion, you will go to hell. <laughs> since there are more than one of these religions, and since people do not belong to more than one religion, we can project all souls go to hell. With birth and death rates as they are, we can expect the number of souls in hell to increase, increase exponentially. Now, we look at the rate of change of the volume of hell because Boyle's law states that in order for the temperature and pressure in hell to stay the same, the volume of hell has to expand proportionately as souls are added. This gives us two possibilities. Number one, if hell is expanding at a slower rate then the rate at which souls enter hell, then the temperature and pressure in hell will increase until all hell breaks loose. <laughs> of course, if hell is expanding at a rate faster than the increase, of soul, the increase of souls in hell, then the temperature and pressure will drop until hell freezes over. <laughs> so which is it? If we accept the postulate given to me by Ms. Teresa Banyan during my freshman year, quote, that it will be a cold day in hell before I go out with you, and take into account that I still have not succeeded in having a date with her, then number two cannot be true, and thus I am sure that hell is exothermic and will not freeze. <laughs> this student received the only A on this question. Well, as you know, if you're reading the bulletin, my, my message today is all about forgiveness. It's one of my favorite topics. Why? Well, first of all, it's a big how-to for a life that works. Also, <clears throat> excuse me, also, it's the biggest way that we have to claim our inherent innocence. 
Next, in something that our co-founder of Unity, Charles Fillmore, wrote, he says, in, in the sure remedy, this is what he said, here is a mental treatment that is guaranteed to cure every ill, excuse me, every ill, used to saying hell, guaranteed <laughs> to cure every ill that flesh is heir to, sit for a half hour every night and mentally forgive everyone against whom you have any ill will. If you fear or if you are prejudiced even against an animal, mentally ask forgiveness of it and send it thoughts of love. If you have accused anyone of injustice, if you have discussed anyone unkindly, if you have criticized or gossiped about anyone, withdraw your words by asking him or her in the silence to forgive you. And then we have A Course in Miracles, which says forgiveness removes a block to the awareness of love's presence, and love is our natural state. Finally, last but not least, it's one of Jesus' main teachings. Can you imagine what would have happened if on the cross Jesus had said to those who put him there, you know, I really hate you guys for doing this to me. <laughs> but what happened instead is that when he was on trial with Pontius Pilate, and Pilate said to Jesus, speak up, man. Don't you know that I have the power of life and death over you? Jesus said to him, Pilate, you have no power at all, except that which is given to you by my Father in heaven. Now, in modern-day language, what Jesus was saying is, Pilate, this is all my idea. You are an extra in my movie. I'm doing this because this is what I feel is my guidance to do. Instead of hating them all, Jesus forgave them all. <clears throat> Ernie Larson, in one of his books, said, the biggest barrier we have to forgiveness, I mean, yeah, is our resistance to feeling good. I want to say that one more time. The biggest barrier we have to forgiveness is our resistance to feeling good. That's aligned with mystics throughout the ages who've said our biggest addiction as a human race is our addiction to pain. David Owen Ritz, in his wonderful prosperity series, said he talked about resentment as resentiment when he said what we tend to do, a lot of us, with things that we feel have been done to us is we rehearse them over and over and over again. Forgiveness of any kind is helpful. But in unity, we have the opportunity to join Jesus in a deeper kind of forgiveness. It's, I call it transformational forgiveness <clears throat> because it's based on our knowing our oneness with God. It's based on knowing our divinity, including our divine power of creation. Here's the old way of forgiving. And I say that this old way is from what I call our ego mind. And when I use the term ego, some of you may remember, <clears throat> what I mean by ego is that the ego is who we believe we are when we feel separate from God and each other. And we're in survival mode. So when we're in our ego mind, the kind of forgiveness we give goes something like this. You hurt me, and I was your victim, but I 
being the more spiritually advanced one of the two of us, <laughs> now deign to forgive you, you jerk. <laughs> Otherwise, I would be stooping to your level. Have you ever done forgiveness like that? <laughs> I know I have. <clears throat> Transformational forgiveness is a several-part process. The first step is to fully feel the hurt and anger you experienced. I'd like to share with you something that Dr. Todd Davis wrote. Uh, Dr. Davis is a psychiatrist and a student of A Course in Miracles. Here's what he said. I will not suppress my angry feelings. I believe that this is the single most important part of forgiveness because it is the key to it. How can I forgive someone I never felt free to blame? I will think of blame as a stepping stone to forgiveness. In unity, <clears throat> not including this step of feeling our anger is called an attempt at what we call spiritual bypass. Has anybody ever heard of the term spiritual bypass? Yes. It's what we do when we try to live in what Jesus called the kingdom of heaven without dealing with our issues. <laughs> Most of us as children learn to not feel and express our anger. Our parents didn't know how to express their anger appropriately. And when I say appropriately, here's what I mean. The appropriate way to feel and express our anger is to do something like hit a bed with a tennis racket or yell into a pillow or a towel. Well, our parents didn't know how to do that, so they couldn't teach us. Instead, we learned to act out our anger by getting even. In my case, the thing I remember most is that when my parents gave me a job to do at home, I went on a slowdown strike. It wasn't, it wasn't safe to say, no, I wouldn't do it, I didn't think, and it wasn't safe in my family to get angry. But all I had to do was just slow down and do it as slowly as I possibly could. Do you, any of you have anything from your childhood that you used to do to get even? Probably. Some of you, maybe all of you, I don't know, remembered our ex-governor, Jesse Ventura. Remember Jesse? How can we forget, right? <laughs> Jesse once said, I don't get mad, I get even. And I remember thinking to myself, why is that something to brag about? Everybody who doesn't get mad gets even. That happens in every case. But the problem with that is that we're still suppressing our anger. It's still harming our bodies, and it's still getting in our way. Plus, our deepest beliefs and emotions are always creating our experience in life. So, we attract angry people into our life to show us our anger, and we attract situations that, as we say, make us angry. In other words, we attract situations that will bring our anger to the surface like road rage, or angry neighbors, or children. 
What many people don't understand is that children act out what the adults in their life have learned not to feel. Children are psychic sponges. And when we can't feel it, they'll act it out for us. I still remember a time <clears throat> when I was a ministerial student way back when. And I lived in Lee Summit, Missouri, in an apartment. The next door neighbors to us were a couple that was really angry and really loud. And I remember when I walked past their door, ours was next door, I would think to myself as I heard them shouting at each other, thank God that I am not like these people. Ha ha. <laughs> <clears throat> they were my mirrors, as everyone in our life is. I just didn't know it yet. I was just yet, not yet in touch with my anger at that point. The second step in transformational forgiveness is we reclaim our divine power of creation by knowing with Jesus, nothing happens to me. Everything in my life happens through me. I'm going to say that one more time, and then I'm going to ask you to join me in affirming it. Nothing happens to me. Everything in my life happens through me. Together? Nothing happens to me. Everything in my life happens through me. And it does so always because there's a gift I want, as Reverend Pat said earlier, from every creation in my life. Eckhart Tolle in one of his books said, this one step goes a long way in undoing the ego. You know, when I was in my late 60s, <clears throat> I accepted an assignment to be a transitional minister in Hartford, Connecticut for a year. And after I got there, it became quickly obvious to me that one of the members of the board didn't like me at all, not even a little bit. And after a while, and I was like, I couldn't do anything right in, in this woman's eyes. And when I knew I was alone with the board president one day, I said, can you tell me what's going on with her? And he said, well, I have to tell you, she hasn't liked you since before you got here. She said to me, he said, I get a bad vibe about that guy. And it colored everything that was going on between the two of us in this ministry. Well, when I asked Spirit what to do about this, because I knew I was not a victim of this woman, I thought to myself, how do I, what, how do I deal with this? And the guidance I heard was, deal with it inside yourself. So every morning in my prayer and meditation time, First of all, I asked, so who does this person represent from my past, from my childhood? It was my mom. So I spent every time in every morning prayer time more deeply forgiving my mom. I had already done a lot of forgiveness work, if you know what I'm talking about. Most of you do. I had already done a lot of forgiveness work with my mom and dad, who were both alcoholics the whole time I grew up. But here it was again. So, more forgiveness work to do. So I worked on it and worked on it and worked on it every morning, every morning, forgiving my mom. And within three months, my relationship with this board member was completely different. And by the time I left, a year after I got there, we were good friends. The third step 
in transformational forgiveness is to practice correcting the old mistaken decisions that we made about ourselves. For example, in my case, what I, the decision I made really early in life is, I'm guilty for being here. Well, here it was again. I mean, I created a woman in my life who didn't like me before I got there. <laughs> I felt guilty for being, I mean, that was a decision I had made. So that was the thing I had to work on turning around. And as some of you know, I've done a lot of work on that one. Other, other mistaken decisions that we might have made are things like, I'm not worth listening to, or I'm not worth loving, and so on. We do this, we practice these correcting these things, so we don't have to bring people into our lives who bring these old beliefs to the surface, like me with that board member. Stuart Emery once said, Stuart Emery was, was a, a, a colleague or a, a contemporary of uh, Werner Erhard back in the early days of, of those trainings. Stuart Emery once said, it's not the long ago events that made us crazy. It's the decisions that we made, especially about ourselves. That's what made us crazy. In her wonderful book, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, Debbie Ford tells this story. I'm going to let her tell it. She said, one of my workshops included a beautiful woman in her late 60s who hadn't ever raised her voice in her entire life. Janet had never yelled, never uttered a curse. Her father had drilled into her the idea that nice people don't do such things. And if she was to be respected and loved by him, she would have to obey his rules. For 60 years, Janet had done exactly what she had been told. And now she was having recurring polyps in her throat. When she finally found me, she was ready to release all the emotion that was stuffed inside her and disobey her father. She had come to believe that the cause of her health issues issues was suppressed emotion. Still, she could hardly raise her voice. For five days, we yelled and cursed. Then the moment came when she said the F word. <laughs> what a release. <laughs> Janet's whole body shook. The entire next day, she walked around with a huge grin on her face. It had taken her every ounce of courage to do this work, even though, and this is an important even though, even though her father was long dead and was no longer in her life in the, in the physical. Six months later, Janet was feeling great and her throat was completely clear. Her throat polyps were a wake-up call. There was a gift in them, as Reverend Pat said earlier. When we know that we ask the people and events by whom we feel victimized to come into our life, we can join Jesus in saying, you are an extra in my movie. And continue, I asked the universe to send, me, send you to me so I could heal a mistaken decision I made about myself in the past. 
like in my case, the one I made of, I'm guilty for being here. So if there is anyone in your life with whom forgiveness is not complete, is there? <laughs> if so, let that person come to mind. Just let that person come to mind right now. And then step one, let yourself feel the hurt and anger. I'm going to repeat what Dr. Todd Davis said. I will not suppress my angry feelings. This is the single most important part of forgiveness because it is the key to it. How can I forgive someone I never felt free to blame? I will think of blame as a stepping stone to forgiveness. Then step two, accept your divine power of creation. Once again, I'm going to ask you to affirm with me, nothing happens to me. Everything that happens in my life happens through me, together. Nothing happens to me. Everything in my life happens through me. Lost my place there for a second. And then know with me, everyone in my life <laughs> is an extra I ordered from Central Casting. <laughs> because there's a gift I want from our interaction. And almost always the gift is healing a mistaken decision from the past. Step three. Practice correcting your mistaken decision with affirmative prayer. For example, I'll ask you to affirm with me, I am completely lovable. Will you say that with me? I am completely lovable. This is one some of you have heard me say before. Everything gets better when I show up. Together? Everything gets better when I show up. Or, and this one, I always deserve to be heard. Together, I always deserve to be heard. Jesus didn't teach us to forgive so that we could be good or moral or earn God points. He taught us to forgive so we can stop hurting ourselves. He taught us to forgive so we can release the past. He taught us to forgive so we can have the abundant life we deserve. And he taught us to forgive so that we can reclaim our innocence. Transformational forgiveness is a powerful way to have a life of more peace, more abundance, and more fulfillment in every way. Namaste.
get to say it again. We're so blessed. <laughs> we are so blessed for the musicians, the song, Reverend Phil, Reverend Pat. Awesome. Awesome. And you guys are awesome. What a blessing. What a blessing. Can you feel the energy that moves through here that is God, that connects each and every one of us? This is the time when we say thank you. This is a time when we take that energy that flows and bring it into form. Bring it into form in, in the way of our treasure. There are multiple ways that we can give back to Unity Minneapolis um, in our treasure. Those of you who know this, 
There, the offering baskets are going to be coming up here in a minute. There are envelopes in the pews. There are QR codes that you can use to scan with your phone. There's online, uh, unityminneapolis.org slash donate. There are multiple ways. There's a check in the mail. All of it is about bringing into form the love and the gratitude and the compassion that we all share and bringing it back into this storehouse so that it can go back out into our community, both local and here. So I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward. And since I can't, don't have a mic on, I can't quite move away from here. But if you would come forward. And in your, in your order of service, there is a, our, our offertory blessing. It is the one we've been using for the month of July. And so if you would please say that blessing with me as you hold in your mind's eye, in your imaging function, or in your hand, the blessing of the offering that you will be giving today. And so together we say, I lovingly release my gift in gratitude and peace. Thank you, God, for making me a channel of your abundance. And you can say that again silently as our ushers move forward. Let's bless these gifts as our ushers come forth. Let's take just a moment and give thanks for these gifts. We give thanks for all the gifts that's been received in the mail this week. We give thanks for those participating in our consistent giving program, our unexpected income program. We bless all of these gifts, acknowledging the one presence and one power, God, the source of all good. And we send them forth to fulfill our vision and mission 
of a transformed world. So we say thank you. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. On duty, Unity Prayer Chaplains, please stand. These individuals arrived early. They held sacred space in the sanctuary. They're here today to hold that sacred space with you, to listen with the ears of their heart, to pray aloud with you, and then to hold what they have heard in the strictest of confidence. So today, if you have a prayer request, by all means, seek out a Unity Prayer Chaplain. Thank you for your service, and thank you for your prayers for me. I know all of you joined in prayer, so thank you very much for that. Hey, there's two things I want to call your attention to. One, we have a dance. Did you know that? Do you know that? Yes. Hans, jump up. Thank you, Hans. I promise it'll be a wonderful evening. It's our annual summer, our annual summer dance. And then, then also next Sunday, we're beginning, you know, we've been doing a dream series all year. And I'm so excited about the month of August. We're talking about prayer the entire month. And the whole theme for this month is pray, dream. Pray, dream. So come and find out more about that as we begin our series next week. How you doing out there? Oh, yes, why wouldn't we do, be doing great? I think we have children out there. Let's stand and let's bring our children in, okay? We are walking in the kids are helping to encourage that it's not too late to help our kids get backpacks and you can bring them right in over there and we had so much fun today in youth and family ministry our youngest did principle number five how do we live our truth in action and so they made kindness buckets so be sure to ask them about that and then our unitines in YOU headed out um, down the street and they picked up gobs and gobs of garbage so in service all of our unitines in YU, thank you for that and finally we are starting our craft corner so stick around for friendship hall any families um, we have a craft that the kids can do and a snack and you all can get to know each other and anyone can sign up to bring something so come see me if you'd like to support youth and family in that way thank you thank you and I also just want to remind that Reverend Phil also has a workshop today that begins at noon Yes, so we're grateful for that as well. So let's appreciate our adult volunteers, okay?
Before you leave the sanctuary today, speak to three people you don't know. I promise it could change your life. So let us know our prayer for protection and our peace song. So together we know that the light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is, I am divine, and all is well.